Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 45 of He Book, She Book. I'm Mike. And I'm Becca. And tonight we have some wrestling news. I, last week I think we jinxed it when we said we didn't have any. And we knew last week that there were two contracts that were expiring. But we did not also know last week that Jeff Hardy was going to be released. And I don't want to get too much into it because we don't know anything about it other than the fact that he was released and his wife says that he's fine but we also had johnny gargano and kyle o'reilly's contracts expire they had a beautiful send-off after the nxt after war games but they are no longer nxt superstars you know i mean we knew that Kyle and Johnny Gargano both had their contracts expiring. We didn't really know what the future held for at least Johnny. I think we assumed Kyle O'Reilly was probably on his way out with his contract expiring. I mean, everyone else, it seems like, I mean, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish, the original undisputed two of the three are yeah, like, over in AEW. Like, Kyle, Kyle is... If he doesn't show up next week... I'll be shocked. Right? Because, uh, like, it's not like he doesn't have... 90 day or anything his contract expired right so he can just pop up next week he can pop up wherever he wants to go um there is no non-compete or anything like that because his contract did expire and i mean yeah i just i don't see any world where he isn't aew bound in some way shape or form i just love the idea of him uh, reuniting with adam cole and bobby fish and like having the young bucks trying to figure out like what they're going to do like, are they closer than, to Adam than the Undisputed? It's it's That kind of thing makes this all so much more intriguing and so much more fun uh, when you realize, like, these two guys are technically out of jobs, but, like, I mean, their futures are so bright regardless. I'm so intrigued by Gargano, though, because, like, he was NXT. Yeah. You know, and he's Mr. NXT, and, and now he's, like, he's not going to be Johnny Takeover anymore. Yeah, he's gone, and it seemed like there was a shot that, like, he would stick around, but I feel like in his mind, and he said it uh, in his send-off, they gave him, like, 10, 10, 15 minutes. It was very nice. He said that Shawn Michaels, like, told him, like, he has all the time in the world, just go out there and talk, and yeah, it it was nice, because, I mean, he deserves that kind of send-off. It's interesting they didn't give it to Kyle as much, but, like, Kyle's also not as, I guess, ingrained as, like, the babyface hero of NXT, um, so it, it was a little bit more bittersweet to see Johnny leave. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he wants to bet on himself and that's what he's been doing his whole career. He's still pretty young. I think he's only like 34 years old and that's not old in this business. And th- I mean, he is somebody that can just go and have fun wherever he wants. I'm sure NXT would welcome him back if he ever wanted to come back. Candice is still going to be there. Uh, once right. she, you know, once she delivers baby wrestling, She'll be back. To I love NXT. that there was a baby wrestling chant. Yeah, I mean, like he's gonna go be a dad. Yeah, like, that's coming up soon for him as well, and it's 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 nice for him to have this nice send off. Uh, but that's one that I don't have as much of a prediction with. Like I just see him popping up just in random places and doing shows. Yeah, like he. I feel like we are going to see Kyle O'Reilly become all elite, and we yes. are just going to see Johnny Gargano randomly. I don't think he's going to become all elite right away. I think he maybe he'll do Impact. Maybe he'll do New Japan. Like, I think yeah, he's I think just going to pop anywhere. up randomly. But I think that'll be really nice for him. And we can get right into Raw if you want. We open the show with Big E versus Kevin Owens. And 
Like you said, we have a bunch of uh, cage matches going on, so we have a steel cage match to open Monday Night Raw. Yeah, we had back-to-back-to-back nights of steel cages. We had two War Games matches, NXT on Sunday, and then we had a steel cage match to open up Raw. We had a steel cage match on NXT between Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner's Kyle send-off. And yet, we open Raw with Big E and Kevin Owens in a steel cage. Seth Rollins is here because he's got to be. And Big E is going to get this win, and it's so weird the way they did this. The, the formatting of Raw and SmackDown have been so bizarre. I agree with that. The last few weeks, and it's really starting to get momentum on like social media. Like people are noticing how bizarre. Like there's just, for example, there's just so many times where a superstar comes out for their match, and this is not any specific one because it, it, there's so many examples. Superstar comes out for their match, they get their entrance. We're going to be right back with the start of this match, right? Commercial break. We come back from the commercial break. It's a backstage segment. And then it's like a recap of what happened the week before. So, like, the guy that just came out 10 minutes ago is still in the ring. And then eventually we start the match. When we were watching, I think it was SmackDown by this point in the week, where we were just going, like... It was Naomi. Yeah. It was so weird. It was Naomi. I think there was, like, two or three on SmackDown. And SmackDown's the shorter show. This happens a lot. And it's very strange. It's, why would you do that? Just have them come out after the yeah, commercial. Just have them come out, you know, so we don't forget that they're in the ring. Yes. They're just standing there. Very weird. Very weird. But other things have been happening during commercial breaks, like Biggie wins, and then the commercial break happens, and we come back, and Bobby Lashley is just here attacking everybody during the commercial he came out and started attacking everybody. They don't have picture in picture. Eh, maybe they do. Sometimes I don't know. they do. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes and, but in they this do. case, they didn't. Like we yes, come back from commercial weird. break after Biggie was celebrating. We let and like we fast forwarded through the commercials, right? And we come back and like we find out that Bobby Lashley killed everyone. We're like, oh, maybe we fast forwarded too far. Yeah, we thought nope. we messed up. No, Mm-mm. it turns out that we did last see Biggie celebrating before the commercial break, and then we come back and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, while you were gone. Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of everyone. It was very, very Bobby weird. Lashley, who is like your former WWE champion for a while. Mm-hmm. The almighty Bobby Lashley, who has been dominant in WWE for like, over a year now. His only real loss was to Goldberg in that garbage Saudi Arabia show. But he comes out and interjects himself into this feud, and we're just all like, oh, okay, that happened. It's Sweet. Me- and it's funny because last week... Couldn't hear the crowd really react to it because, like, we have just Michael or whoever the announcer is on Raw just, like, talking about what just happened. Like, it was all just, like, very... Why would you do that? That was something that bothered me was the fact that, like, instead of just waiting until after the commercial, you come back with him during the commercial and then the announcer is telling us what happened. Yeah, just, like, just wait a couple more minutes to go to commercial. Right. It wasn't that long of a beatdown. Right. Or but, vice versa. Just wait until after the commercial to come give the beatdown. Like, Biggie could have celebrated a little bit longer or something, you know? It doesn't make any sense. But last week, we literally made a comment about how we didn't know what was lined up for Bobby Lashley. And it then, seems like we're just going to inject him into this day one match, which yeah. would be fine. It would be a hell of a, a fatal four-way to, to be on day one would be Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Biggie is your current triple threat. Add bit Bobby Lashley into that. I'm down for a pretty solid fatal four-way. Uh, but, like, can I see it? <laughs> right. Can I react to it in real time? Uh, then we had Finn Balor and T-Bar 
Finn Balor's another one. It's just like, what are we doing? Right. And then at least he was here. But then it was like, why is he facing T-Bar? And then when Finn wins, Austin Theory comes out of nowhere and attacks Finn Balor. And then obviously takes a selfie with with him. But we were sitting there the whole time like, all right, I wonder if this is Austin Theory's way of like trying to impress Vince. Because during the show, we had Vince McMahon and Austin Theory sitting backstage again. This is the second week in a row now. Remember last week, it ended in a slap across the face. Yep. This week, it was basically Vince saying that he needs to be proud of of Austin Theory and Austin Theory needs to do something to impress him and make him different and stand out. So the next thing he does is attack Finn Balor after a match. I mean, I guess it's impressive. I was like just kind of on the couch like, oh, he should just bring Johnny in. That'd be impressive. Yes. You bring Johnny Takeover, go bring Papa John. It That'll w- impress Vince. And like it makes sense because Austin Theory, part of the way, like it, they were a little family, it would make sense to be like, oh, I have my dad here now. Yeah, because like at this point, we're still like, oh, maybe they'll like bring Johnny up to the main mm-hmm. roster or something. Like he's definitely done with NXT. We don't know if he's on WWE. Right. And we're this still, was like, the hoping. night before NXT. Yes. Still hoping that like Papa John sticks around for us. Uh, but no, Austin Theory just attacks Finn Balor and like that's, I guess, his way of impressing Vince. Yeah. But you know what? I'll take that if it gets us like an Austin Theory Finn Balor like mini feud for day one. Yes, because that I'll actually gives us a good match. Yes, and yes. I'm I'll be here for that match. And knowing it, the way th- things have been going for Finn, he will lose this no. match. <laughs> and I mean, I would have Finn just win it just to get like that win back. Austin can look great in a match for yes. Finn because Finn is fantastic. This would be a if Austin lost, it wouldn't be a bad thing with him losing. No, but if like, Finn lost, we'd be like, what the fuck. Yeah, like, we don't need, like... losing. I would like to see Austin Theory and Finn Bauer, and then, like, have Finn get the win after, like, a long match, make Austin Theory look good, and then just start... You can continue this Vince, like, Austin Theory trying to impress Vince. Right. And working hard to figure out ways to impress Vince. The Mm -hmm. whole... It's such a weird... By the way, I wanted to get this out there as well. Vince looked so much better this week (laughs) than he did the week prior. I don't know who they got to do his makeup this week or whatever it is, all of a sudden, he, he looked, looked five years younger. Well rested. Yeah, like it looks like that he was like, you know what? I'm gonna sleep a full eight hours tonight. And yeah. like, I mean, the week prior, he looked like he didn't sleep at all. Yeah, he looked old. He looked tired. This week, I don't know what they gave him or what they did to his face, but he looked way younger. Uh, it made me feel younger too, because it, it's weird to see like really <laughs> old, curmudgeonly Vince, um, just remembering like the guy from like the early 2000s and the 90s, but. Yeah, that's it. That the Austin Theory thing is is interesting. There's clearly he's 24 years old. Yeah. And like I looked this up the other day, he is already too old to be the uh, youngest world champion. He's already like a couple, like I think like a month older than Randy Orton was when Randy first won his title at 24. But still, like there's so much just raw talent that you can mold Austin Theory into. Right. And it's interesting to watch the beginnings of that now with Vince still around, and he's Vince's handpicked guy. Yeah, you can tell that he's his handpicked guy, and, and I'm I'm curious to see if we're going to see Vince over the next few weeks as well, how this is the second week in a row. Like, is he going to be on Raw again? Is he going to take a little bit of a break? Did that impress him? I don't know, but I know that Liv Morgan is out here also impressing people, and she had a championship match against Becky Lynch, and even though Becky won, this was a very good match, and it was a long match, not... In a bad way long, but it was longer than I expected them to have that match. Well, they built this thing throughout the show better than they had built this thing throughout the month. Yes. 
it was just a month of Becky kind of just making Liv look stupid and just killing her on the mic and making Liv look soft. Liv got a like a win last week, mm-hmm. made her look a little bit strong. And then throughout the night, they're promoting Liv Morgan better than they have ever promoted Liv Morgan. Yeah. And like just in that two hours, she's like, you know what? Maybe they will do this. Wait, at one point, I Maybe was like, she you should think they're win going it? Yeah. to, like, they're going to give this to Liv? Like, why can't you just put that effort in every show? It's so annoying. Like, they, they did a great job of promoting that match throughout the night. Yeah. And it made me want to watch Liv Morgan win this championship. I'm just like, you know what? It'd be cool. Yeah. I like Liv Morgan. I think she really wants it, and she loves this. Uh, but, yeah, she doesn't win, but Becky cheated. Yeah. Oh. Becky what got Becky's <laughs> Becky had her hands on the ropes. She did cheat to get this victory. So like there is that, you know. There I think they run it back at day one probably. Yeah, and hopefully it's another long match because they did a really good job. Yeah, Liv didn't look bad. This was Mm-mm. this was one of Liv's better matches. Becky sold a ton for her, and yeah, I, w- I would love to see this match again at day one. I think that there is, like. Liv proves more and more that, like, there is something about her just, like... I, I, You can't put your finger on it. There's something just intrinsic about her that's, like, you want her to succeed. I don't know what it is. It, like, she has, like, that Jeff Hardy quality to her, where it's just, like, there's something very unique about her. Right. There's something very genuine about her. And you're just... You just want to root for her. Yeah, like, it, it, it's not like she's the underdog, but... But it also Kinda is. is. Yeah. Like, it's very weird. Because, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, she's the underdog. Like, she gives off that energy. But, like, it's not that. There's something else about it where I'm just like, I want to see this person succeed. I want to see her do well. I want to see her take it from Becky. I love Becky Lynch. I want to see Liv beat her. Yeah, and like, I, I did like that they um, they referenced the fact that it was, like, however many years to the day that Trish Stratus and Lita were the first women to ever main event Raw right. for the Women's Championship. They did have some moves in that match, which clearly were callbacks to that, like Liv Morgan doing the crossbody out, uh, out of the ring the way Lita did. Thank God she didn't land the way Lita did 15 years ago, <laughs> but... I mean, all around, just a great match. It makes me want to see Liv Morgan be the champion. Yeah, and let's... And I think that's, like, the first time I've really felt like that. Like, yeah, like, she can actually do this. She'd be a great winner for the Money in the Bank. She'd be a okay winner for Royal Rumble. I have my eyes on someone else. Uh, God, I can't wait for Rumble. Yeah, Rumble's gonna... Rumble's coming around, man. It's Rumble's so a little soon. over a month away. We are getting towards that road to WrestleMania, so we're, we're gonna start to have to think about... You know, what is going to be the trajectory of the booking of WWE for the next year? Who are they going to try to build? Because they did a great job of building Bianca. Yes, they did. Throughout the year as like Mm -hmm. a real main event superstar. She didn't do shit on this night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're barely really going to talk about Bianca Belair on this show. She's kind of still doing her thing with uh, Dewdrop. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean... It really kind of just proves what I just said wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. I mean, she had an amazing year. But she also, I mean, this match could have been something better if Dewdrop didn't just walk away during it. So who knows? That We could have been saying different things, but Bianca only got this win because Dewdrop was counted out. But that's besides the point. And then we have a, a new tournament happening in the WWE, though. Always good. The RK bro Awful pun. <laughs> Awful. But I'll take it. With the RK bro <laughs> which is just so, so stupid. It's so dumb. I'll take it. It's a tag team tournament between teams that you just 
you try to care about and WWE convinces you just not to. But you had the Street Profits versus AJ and Omos, which continues to be a thing. But kind of seems like maybe we're getting out of it a little bit. Maybe? I do think we're getting out of it because in this match, Omos ends up tagging himself in. Then he gets counted out, which causes the Street Profits to win. And then he walks away just leaving AJ alone in the ring. And AJ was like yelling for him and he doesn't turn around. Now, something we briefly skipped over is RK Bro are on commentary here in matching blazers. They're ready to go. So Riddle wants to interview the winning team, but the winning team, the Street Profits, already dipped out. So AJ Styles alone in the ring yelling for Omos is the only one left to interview. And during this, AJ calls it a miscommunication between a great tag team. I don't think so. No. I think I th- they're they're on their splits. Yeah, I think it's just we are we have beat this horse way past its death. And right. we can now move on. Give AJ something better to do and let Omos just go kill people. Just, right. just let him just do squash matches. Get AJ out of this. We also had the Mysterios versus Alpha Alpha Academy. Mysterios win, which I did not see coming. I was really hoping for Alpha Academy to be given something and we can start this Mysterio split that I've just been waiting for so we can... It has to come soon. But now the Mysterios are going to go against the Street Profits and whoever wins that will get a tag team championship match. Maybe the Street Profits will win and then the Mysterios can start their going their separate ways. That would be like... That would be the goal here because I don't need the Mysterios to keep on going through Mania season. And we need to start breaking tag teams up now so that come Mania season, we hit the reset. Yeah, Ray just turned 47 years old. I think Ray versus Dominic Mysterio at Mania would be cool. We need to start that process now. Yes, so 47 years old for Ray Mysterio, and he is like starting a new cartoon on like Latin America's Cartoon Network, like based on him. Like, I think that there's a chance. That maybe we can build towards something with him and Dominic where, like, he takes the pin for Dominic and then takes some time off. Right. Right? And then just, I mean, try to build Dominic as something on his own. Because you can't, like, the reason I bring up that Ray is 47 years old, he can't keep tagging with his son forever. Right. Eventually, Dominic has to either sink or swim on his own. And there's no better way to do that than to turn someone heel. Mm-hmm. And start to get some kind of reaction because this guy gets no reaction. At None. All. Like, it's really something. The crowd does not care about this kid. And he he needs something. And I think it has to be turn on your dad, get that match at WrestleMania with him, and then either you become a star or you don't. And it's really, it's, it's that simple. He's been given plenty of time and he just, I don't know what it is. He needed to be in NXT years ago. I mean, I, I would put him back in NXT now. Yeah, and like in NXT 2.0, it's a whole new thing. Put it would be Dominic perfect for down him. there. Absolutely. Put Dominic down there. If we need to do like some swapsies, we can. We can put Dominic down there and we will take Braun Breaker. No, let's bring and up Io Shirai. Let's Io bring Shirai. I'll trade Io and Shirai. And also Baby Uso. I want, I want these three up. And we don't need Dominic Mysterio. We can give Dominic for all three of them. I don't think that's a fair trade, but... We we need to make some moves, and WrestleMania season really is the reset season, and it is the perfect time to start 
those mania feuds to hit reset going forward. And I do think another tag team may split soon. We this week had Nikki A.S.H. versus Queen Zelina. Now remember, Zelina and Carmella are the current women's tag team champions. Yeah, if you forgot, that's okay. It's fine. But I do think that Rhea may turn on Nikki soon. But... Please, God. It's so weird because I can't tell if we're not supposed to know this. Because, like, one minute I'm like, oh, she's going to turn on Nikki. And the next minute I'm like, okay, maybe she still cares about Nikki. And I don't know if it's, like, the WWE doesn't want us to know or they want it to go a specific way. And Rhea's just not a good enough, like, actress. No, I think it's just she's trying to be subtle. And you're trying to, because it did look when it looked like when Nikki loses this match that Rhea was frustrated on the outside. Yes. And we noticed that we're like, oh, okay, here we go. Here's like, and here's it, some. There was an interview beforehand where I was like, oh, that looks like, like that look looked like she was going to turn on her. And then when this happened, we were like, yes, yes, somebody yes, here it comes. has. I would personally, I I love the idea of Nikki turning. Yes. And being an almost super villain, you I think it'd be so fun. Said that when we were said, I was like, oh, I think. I think Rhea might turn on Nikki soon. And you were like, no, it would be so cool if Nikki was a super villain it instead. Would be so and I was like, fun. oh, it would be so cool. Yeah, it would be really fun if Nikki can go, can take a little bit of like old NXT crazy Nikki, like sanity Nikki. Yes. And bring that into like yes. a super villain kind of gimmick. Uh, Rhea, Rhea can do whatever. And I think as long as she's more of a single star and is pushed accordingly, she can be one of the biggest female stars in the company. I think they've really just, I think we talked about this last week, Bianca and her were like the one and two last year for like, who's going to win the Rumble? And Mm -hmm. then it ended up, those were the last two in the Rumble and Bianca wings. And then we kind of just didn't do anything with Rhea. Yeah, it was Since like they then? were so busy building up Bianca that they forgot about Rhea. And then they and then completely they dropped the ball the year team. prior mm-hmm. when Rhea had her match against Charlotte. And then that just ended up, LOL, Charlotte wins. And I just feel like Rhea also is still very young. So there's still plenty of time to write this course for her. But I think it'd be more interesting to try to build or try to figure out how to make Nikki a supervillain. Yes, I think that would be so cool. But, so cool. but I think the more likely version of this is that Rhea turns. Right. And just beats the shit out of Nikki. Maybe make Nikki more of a baby face that way. But also that could make Nikki a supervillain. It could. Like Rhea. It could like, either make her more beloved as, as a superhero for right. like resiliency and coming back and fighting the good fight or yeah, whatever. Or it could break her. Or it could break her. And I mean, speaking of broken women, I mean... Alexa's been gone for a minute. Yeah, where is she? So, I mean, she used to be best friends with Nikki. Mm-hmm. Well, and then if, Nikki's got to watch out because all of Alexa's best friends get that call, man. I, well, yeah, we can't point. We can't be having her friends get that call anymore. Like, I think if Rhea beats the shit out of Nikki, it's a nice little opening to kind of bring Alexa back, maybe, to try to get Nikki to, like, reach onto that dark side of things. If Alexis... I don't know what Alexa's deal is going to be when yeah, she comes when back. Yeah, when she comes back. And I, I have no idea if we continue down this path with Lily or if she just, I would, it'd be so funny to me if we just completely ignore if that was a thing. And yeah, she comes back as just the five feet of fury. That is such. A, that would be so WWE for them to so just WWE. completely. Like, yeah. It's such a plausible like situation that that would actually happen because that's something that they would have or have done in the past. 100%. Or just like, yeah, we'll just forget Lily ever existed and just go from here. 
Well, I think there was an interview. I forget his name, but he's the uh, the newer announcer on Raw, not Corey or Byron, the one in the middle. I always forget his name. But he did an interview, and they asked him like, "Why don't like, why don't you guys acknowledge pe- the past of certain superstars like NXT?" Right. And he's like, "Well, we're just we're told not to." So like, he knew who Piper Niven was mm-hmm. when she came, but they just didn't acknowledge that at all because they were told not to. And so that is dumb. Stupid. <laughs> that is the dumbest shit. Like we all assumed that, but like to say it also yes, is like. It's like how do you expect? everybody to get behind somebody if nobody including the announcers know who they are yeah like like they if they have a history acknowledge that history yes and then we can make them bigger stars like if they came out like do drop it you know when she was in the uk nxt she was known as a piper niven and she did x y and z like we could get behind this do drop bianca feud and instead this do drop bianca feud is like falling into the maybe we don't talk about that yeah, and the other thing that we're probably not going to talk about much is Damian Priest, Robert Rue. Damian Priest is still doing this U.S. Open Challenge, which stopped being cool when John Cena was doing it. John Cena did an awesome U.S. Open Challenge when he was the U.S. champion. He had guys debuting. He had awesome matches with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Cesaro. Damian Priest is just doing Open Challenges, I feel like, just for the hell of it. And yeah, like, has, I like, think it's smiley... to get air time. I know, but, like, it's just, why? But it's not the, it's so weird. It's not the right people coming out. Like, even no. when this happened, when, when Robert Roode comes out, the whole time I'm thinking, when's Dolph gonna get one? Like, why didn't, why wasn't yeah, Dolph the like, one that like came Robert Roode of all people, and they're like, we started doing Jekyll and Hyde thing with Damien Priest, but, like, I feel like he's too goody-goody to start, and then just, like, snaps. It's just, I don't know. I don't care about what's going on there, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the, the U.S. Open Challenge stopped doing that because all it's really doing now is it's just a crutch to where we don't have to build an actual program for Damian Priest. Right. Give him an actual feud. Give him a reason for TV time other than just, oh yeah, he's the U.S. champion. Because I don't care that he's the U.S. champion. Right, and then he just has these stupid matches that it's like, what is what is happening here? Yeah, like there's there's no reason behind it. The Miz and, and Edge had a great segment, another Miz TV. Edge challenges to Edge challenges Miz to a match at day one. Miz accepts, and then Edge just makes Miz flinch onto his ass. Yo, this shit was so funny because the Miz was just basically like, I'm not afraid of Edge. And then Edge just flinches at him. Disagree. And like, yeah, strongly disagree. You fell to your back, sir. Mm-hmm. You were definitely scared of that man. He flinched at you. I mean, I think partially it was the shoes. They looked a little slippery. Oh, yeah, those super expensive shoes. They're that super were expensive. so they were ugly. Very ugly shoes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was Raw. So yeah. Raw is, <laughs> I mean, they do have some interesting things, but they just, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Like the Bobby Lashley thing. That's a really interesting moment to happen. To have Bobby Lashley come out out of nowhere and beat the dog shit out of three people that are going to be in your WWE Championship match at your next pay-per-view. And we didn't even get to see it. We got to see a replay of it after the fact. Right. It just, like, what, and then on SmackDown, we have another example of this, which we'll bring up in a second, but we started off with Sami Zayn. In a wheelchair, in a neck brace, in a, like, foot, uh, what, I guess a boot, and he's got two nurses, one of which is very jacked. They were not. Like, they were nurses. Yeah, they were, they <laughs> they were, were. definitely local professional wrestlers yes. that showed up because they had, like, nice shoes on with their scrubs. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, put these scrubs on. Your nurses, get out there. And Sami Zayn comes out, and he's upset. And he's going to sue 
everyone. He's going to sue the WWE. He's going to sue Adam Pearce. Yeah, they Hayman, all conspired Brock Lesner, against him. Because Brock Lesnar beat the hell out of Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Before his match, he was screwed. This is a conspiracy. It continues to be a conspiracy with Sami Zayn. I love Sami Zayn so much. And he's fantastic, man. He he's really so is. Good. He's so interesting, and he's such a great heel. He's such a little shithead. I just love him so much. And Paul Heyman comes out. And he's, you know, like, come on. Like, get over yourself, basically. He literally stands in front of him and bends down to the wheelchair and just puts his finger to his mouth and tells Sami Zayn to shh. Yeah, Sami Zayn doesn't take too kindly to this, starts to threaten Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman won't get out of his way mm-hmm. and Paul Heyman won't stop interrupting him. Sami Zayn says he's going to, I guess, like rip Paul Heyman apart because he's a professional athlete, even though he's still hurt. He's now up, he's now standing Yes. at this point. Like a flamingo, though, because his boot was up. Yes. And then... Like, he's still milking the injury, just yes. saying even as an injured wrestler, yeah. he can rip the shit out Which of... Which I believe... Paul Heyman. Absolutely. Yeah, he probably could. And, like, Roman's not here to protect him. No, he's in Samoa for some reason. Yeah, that was... So, Roman is just not here again. He's just taken a couple... Like, every other week, I feel like he's just mm-hmm. taken a vacation. He's taken his uh, his holiday time before the new year. Sure. Uh, and after Sami Zayn acknowledges that Roman Reigns is not here to protect Paul Heyman, we get Brock Lesnar's music. Because Brock Lesnar is here. Mm-hmm. And he'll protect Paul Heyman. And he's in overalls. And he is in freaking overalls, guys. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over this that. This lumberjack, insane Viking person is in overalls. And there has never been a more threatening person to wear overalls in there in, that you've ever seen. No, horrifying. The most horrifying image I've ever seen was just and he's Brock smiling Lesnar smiling, with his walking just... out. Like, what? Mm-mm. Horrifying, horrifying, and absolutely he's, petrifying. Yeah, he's basically having a heart-to-heart with Sammy. They're both Precious. Canadian. It's beautiful. Brock Lesnar showing so much personality, and it's like, and he's solid. Like, it was fun. It was a fun... It was very crazy, because when he first came down, super threatening. He starts, yes. like, stalking around the ring. He goes and he grabs a chair. He slaps the announce table with the chair. He stalks around the other half of the ring. Like, he circled the ring. And then he comes in, like, he was, like, circling his prey, and now he's about to go attack Sammy with this chair. And then he just pops the chair open, takes the mic from, from Paul Heyman, sits down, and just starts having a heart-to-heart with Sammy. And... I love it. Yeah. I love it. He's gaslighting the shit out of Sammy. Let's go hunting together. Yes. And Sammy's oh like, God. I'm vegan. And Hilarious. He's like, well, <laughs> he's like, we'll do other stuff. <laughs> he's like, like let's go. Fine. Let's go. Like, we're going together. Like, saying that he injured him on purpose. Yes. He, he helped Sammy. He helped him. He injured him on purpose this way when Roman inevitably beat Sammy because he was injured, it doesn't count because exactly. Sammy was injured. So he helped him. This was a good thing. They are Canadian brothers. This they, is textbook they, gaslighting, yes. big fan. They're going to, you know, they're going fishing. They need to go get out of Hollywood and they're leaving together. And he starts wheeling Sammy Zane away. And then Paul Heyman <laughs> takes the microphone and is just furious. Absolutely because furious. He doesn't know what he's seeing. This is not the Brock Lesnar he knows. The edibles must have kicked in. Because yes, I forgot he said that. I mean, they're in L.A. And apparently Paul Heyman ingested some edibles earlier in the night. And he is just, he must be hallucinating. Yes, he's this out is here not, tripping. This is not the beast Brock Lesnar. This is not the former and future. Mm-hmm. And future world champion, Brock yes. Lesnar. He's out here hyping up the beast. And he does his whole spiel, his whole Brock, Les- Brock Lesnar just diatribe. And it just, I mean, it lights a fire yes. in Brock. 
and we get big, scary Brock. Yeah. And he just delivers the male nurses onto the floor. <laughs> and How about the one just throwing his hands up? <laughs> I, yeah, the guy just, like, stood there and just had one hand up like he's going to hit Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar just tosses these adult humans like they're nothing. Like ragdolls. And then he kicks Sammy out of his chair. He picks Sammy up, his Canadian brother, mm-hmm. and F5s him. Canadian besties, Paul Heyman called them. And, I mean, that was it. That was it for the and segment. And the whole time this is going on, Paul Heyman immediately rolled out of the ring when Brock started. Like, when that well, he flip knows what switched. He and he stood on the outside of the ring laughing. He knows what he did. Kayla catches Brock Lesnar backstage, asks him, you know, what was the point of you coming out uh, tonight? Brock Lesnar says... Ask Paul Heyman, my advocate. And then just left. And then later, Kayla, as she does, she finds Paul by surprise. Sneaks right up on him. And asks, you know, why, like, he, she is, it all just comes down to, what do you think Roman is going to think about this? Right, because Paul was like, stop, stop doing all of these things. Stop sneaking up on me. Stop saying that I'm the advocate. Stop doing all of this stuff. And he goes to leave and Kayla's like, mm I need something. And she turns around like, how do you think Roman's going to react to this? And Probably not positively. No, no. And Paul knew it. Paul's whole face was like, oh, shit. Like, he got upset. And then he, you know, and then he left. But, like, is Roman going to be back next week? Is he still taking PTO? Like, what's going on with him? And when he comes back, is he going to be upset? It was weird to me that we did not get an Uso backstage during any of this. No, because for some reason... The Usos were involved in a match yes. later on in the night. The main event of this show mm-hmm. was the Usos <laughs> versus the New Day versus Team RK-Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. The Raw Tag Team Champions. Who are on SmackDown. Who are now on SmackDown to have a triple threat tag team match mm-hmm. with two SmackDown teams. When I was told previously that Survivor Series is the only night <laughs> where champions from each show go head to head. So mm-hmm. that is a lie. Yeah. Uh, but either way, we have that weird match set up for some unknown reason. But they were the Usos were the only ones that didn't get a backstage promo. And you'd think no. that since this was going on with Paul Heyman and their cousin wasn't here, that maybe they would have been like, mm, what was that about, Paul? But instead, there was nothing. No, we like, did have RK-Bro with the Jackass crew. So weird. All of a sudden, another, Johnny Knoxville is with it there. Yeah, there's another Jackass movie. Right? So RK-Bro is just chatting it up with Johnny Knoxville and Chris Pontius and the whole Jackass crew. And, I mean, what, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> I, it was <laughs> like, so, so confusing to me. But, I mean, that was fun. I was upset steve wasn't there. I mean, we know why Bam wasn't there. But I was upset steve wasn't there for whatever reason. But RK-Bro got a backstage segment here. Earlier the, yeah, than, Yeah, the Raw like, Tag Team Champions got a backstage yes. segment. Not the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Right. But the but New Day had a backstage the New segment Day did. as well. Yes, because we were revealing King Woods' new crown. So this shit looks crazy, by the way. Like, you can definitely tell that Xavier Woods had some input on what this Probably crown Probably all of the looks. input. Yeah, like, so. he designed it for sure. Like, it just has such a woodsy vibe to it. I uh, love it. It's definitely crazy. But that was their little backstage segment. And then they had this triple threat match, like we said, main event. And the New Day win... I'm Very interesting. Always down for a New Day title run, so I thought for sure no one was going to win this match. Yeah, like it would have just been be like something, some kind of disqualification yeah, or that. something. But no, but New Day do get the win. 
Uh, and I assume there will be a day one match for the Usos for like the SmackDown championships. We also had... Wait, the Usos can't lose a day one, though. I know. Like, of all teams, <laughs> like, the day one-ish team should probably... I mean, they have to be at least on the card, you'd think. You, yeah. I mean, right? they are day one-ish. WWE can't mess that up that bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they can. They well, can the funny be. thing is that Nick Khan says that he wants this to be, like, a, a yearly thing, where they have, like, this day one pay-per-view, which, I don't know if Nick Khan knows how calendars work, <laughs> but it's not going to be very often that Sunday is going to be January 1st, but... Unless they just do it sure. on the new year every year, regardless of what the day is. Well, you can't... I wouldn't call it day... What are you going to call it? Day six? Day four? Day, day five? No, I'm saying it could be on like a, a Wednesday night if that's what the New Year's well, Day falls on. We used to have a pay-per-view called New Year's Revolution. Yeah, just bring, bring that, that back. back. It's not hard, guys. Mm-hmm. You see how easy that was? <laughs> no, look, next year it can be the day one-ish. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I like that way more because it's way dumber. But See, we're here to help, well, WWE. We're goodness. here to help. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Uh, Sasha Banks <laughs> is here to help. Tony Storm gives her a pep talk. For her match with Charlotte, yes, which was weird. Sasha, do else, do other things, do other things. You are the you are the star of this show, mm-hmm. and she's just, I mean, happy go lucky. Like there was no like backhandedness either. No, like she it was, was like, like your Tony fucking Storm. Yeah, and this is how you Tony Storm can beat Charlotte Flair. And you know what's annoying? They didn't show a shit about who Tony Storm is. Nope. They didn't build her up at all. No, like they, they did didn't not. Like Liv Morgan. Tony Storm has more of a like history in wrestling yeah, than does. Liv Morgan does, and for some reason, we don't get any of that. Mm-mm. But we did get Tony Storm and Charlotte, and Tony wins by DQ. Yes. Okay. So this is like a dumb win. I'll take it because again, uh, it leaves yeah. the door open for like the real match to happen. But like, we literally just did this on Raw. I'm, I'm we okay. did this same yes. segment on Raw. We had so, Becky cheat to mm-hmm. win, so now we get you know the rematch, and then Charlotte loses by DQ because she just stomps to- Tony Storm out and won't listen to the ref. So we get two title matches for the women's championships: mm-hmm. one on uh, Raw, one on SmackDown. Neither one of which ends in like a decisive fashion. Yeah, like a clean. Like let's finish. just not do them. Right. Let's just save them for the pay per views and, and have definitive finishes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Build them up in the meantime. I mean, I do think that one day we will see Sasha versus Tony. Just from the way Sasha was too friendly, I do feel like when she gets too friendly with somebody, she ends up turning on them fairly quickly. So I do think that that's something that would come out of it eventually. But right now... What happened with Shotzi? Yeah, no idea. Are we missing something? Like, did Shotzi get hurt? Maybe she got hurt. Because, like, she went from, like, oh, looks like they're going to push Shotzi, like, to the moon Mm -hmm. here. They're giving her a Sasha feud. And then it's like... Oh, we just don't have time for her anymore. Yeah. What we did have time for, which was dope as shit. (laughs) I know exactly what you're about to say. Yeah. So we're going to dip into Naomi versus Sonya. Because last week, Naomi made her challenge to Sonya Deville. Like, just get in the ring with me. Let's do this. Sonya agrees. We're all like, we're both like, that's not going to fucking happen. Right. And Sonya. Which is sad because I'm one of like, I like Sonya Deville. Yeah. I like her as a wrestler. Hasn't had a match in Hasn't 16 had, months. Yes, I was ready for it. And we get Naomi into the ring. Commercial. Comeback. Backstage so segment. Recap from the last show. All of a sudden, Naomi, hey, look, she's still in the ring. Sonya gets a full entrance with a new theme song. She's got, like, this dope new gear looking like a dominatrix. And she comes out to the ring. And then she gets, like, help 
from like Shayna Baszler's here. Yeah, like she, like Natalia and Shayna Baszler were just like all of a sudden ringside, and Sonya's just like telling them to get on each side of the ring and get in the ring and beat her up and go beat up Naomi and blah blah blah. But we have a protector on SmackDown now. Yeah, so if you've been watching. You know, mm-hmm. for the past few weeks, there's been some vignettes going on of, like, this comic book hero. Right. That is the protector of the weak. She will not stand for people abusing their power and taking advantage of people that are less than them. And she's here. The protector is here to protect Naomi. Zia Lee makes her debut on SmackDown with the dopest fucking entrance that we've seen in a long time, especially for a female superstar. Yeah, this was a great entrance. She's and got lightning just, coming out of her shit. She's got like this awesome, awesome like Titantron with like the they wind. They better in the back. not touch it. They better not change it. This was so cool to me. It looked very just like straight out of just like old school anime, like Street Fighterish, right. like superpowers. It had a very Street Fight, Street Fighter vibe. Like the for way sure. they have, they're like old, like augmented reality shit and like graphics for a time being were kind of weird. Like, you know, like, they have, like, that big-time Bex thing that comes right. up in Roman's big body doing that hell thing. That. That's yeah. weird. But, like, they have... The way they did Bobby Lashley's entrance, like, the Almighty, when they started getting that lightning... Yes. ...looks awesome. This is the best one they've done. I agree with that. Because this looked legit like you just made a superhero come out. Well, I love that even the announcers are like, what? <laughs> yeah. It was super cool, and Zia Lee has that cool look to her, and I think... They're gonna blow it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this a really cool debut at the least for Zia Lee. You can hang your hat on that. It's you didn't get carrying crossed. You at least got like a cool you know debut in this. I don't know what I mean. You can set this up to be like a Zia Lee versus Sonya Deville style feud, mm-hmm. where like she's the protector and Sonya Deville is is that evil. Um, authority figure abusing their power right and then she could take out all sonia's little goons like i loved that there was actual storytelling over the last like four weeks we actually did storytelling in wwe programming meanwhile they've well they did other storytelling just wasn't good remember when drew mcintyre did all those stories awful meanwhile drew mcintyre still has his freaking sword yeah even though this week he was told that the higher-up said that he couldn't bring it tonight. But it should have been Adam Pierce saying, hey, the higher-up said you can't bring it tonight or ever again. Yeah, leave it at leave home. Leave it at home. We're done with it. But then Drew McIntyre did put it through Adam Cole's, or Adam Cole, Adam Pierce's desk, which was honestly kind of funny. But the best part about it was after the match, Drew wins, whatever. Then they clip back to a backstage segment where... Where uh, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss are just stealing the desk with the sword still in it. And like... Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? Why is Drew McIntyre in that? I don't know. It's like, it's the same thing we talked about with Bianca earlier. Where it's like, we're sad that these two people are in segments of the show that we don't really want to cover that much. Where it's like, Drew McIntyre deserves so much more than to just have this... I mean, it was an okay match with Sheamus. It was exactly what you'd expect because we've seen it a hundred times. And then, yeah, like, Corbin and Madcap Moss just steal the sword, which is fine. I'm like, if if anything, I'm happy that that sword (laughs) might just be gone now. Smelt it down and just, like, make Baron Corbin, like, a new cool ring or something. Or, like, a necklace or a watch. He's a watch guy. But... Yeah, we had that. We had Boogs and Shinsuke beat Los Lotharios, who, like, 
you know, announcers are like, oh, they haven't lost yet since coming to SmackDown. Boom, immediately lose. Uh, Naomi and Sonya we talked about. And, I mean, that was SmackDown. It ended with that triple threat tag team match with the New Day 1. And that was like a half hour of, like, entrance, commercial, segment, entrance, commercial, segment. It was, I think, it was over a half hour just to get everybody out to the ring and, and get the match done. Yeah, I think they're just trying to revamp things because they know what they're doing isn't the best anymore. They have legitimate competition out there now, and they're trying to see what they can do differently. But in the process of this, their their format is just going down. This is not the way to do it. It doesn't keep us en- entertained. They lose the momentum by doing that. But... No, we, we need, don't have to talk about them yeah, anymore. We need like a hard reset at day one. Like right. start the new year completely new feuds and not like the new feuds of like, oh, look, new matchups. And it's the same fucking thing we saw last week. Um, but yeah, like we're getting to the road to WrestleMania. So we have to start really making some choices as to what we're going to do, who we're going to build uh, and get to that biggest show. And again, Royal Rumble's coming up. So we got to figure out who that next that next man up and next woman up are going to be. Right. And I can't wait to talk about that. We'll end up doing an episode that's like a pretty, I feel like, in-depth of just Rumble because we love the Rumble. Love the Royal Rumble. It's, Best show of the year will be it at is. this year's show in St. Louis. Uh, but yeah, Dynamite also happened. We had Dynamite and Rampage. This was Dynamite. They know what they're doing, man. Like, they opened yeah, the, the show. the opposite of bad formatting. For real. They opened the show with MJF's music in MJF's hometown, and the crowd goes wild. And then out comes CM Punk. And yeah. he just basically roasted all of Long Island. I mean, straight up heel promo from Punk. We did do the whole bizarro world of the heel is in his hometown, so he's getting cheered. Right. And he loves his hometown, so he's a babyface the whole time, basically. And CM Punk is going to come out and trash the city of, of Long Island. And, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, we're still doing that fun build of MJF and Punk. Nothing is going to compare to that first interaction. Right. We can, just, we can throw that out the window. We're not going to get a better interaction between the two than that. And then, I mean, this was more of, like, what like what can Punk do to get booed? And he, like, really just tried to lay in on, like, the, the NHL, like, the Islanders being bad. Yeah. Because Punk's a big hockey fan. Like, just trying to get that cheap heat. Just trying to get some kind of heat. And keep saying, like, you know, I, it's unbelievable that you guys would choose MJF to be your guy. Like, why would you cheer MJF? It's like, because that's their guy. That's their guy. That's why. It's the same thing. That's why Chicago MJF. cheers yes. you. It doesn't matter, like, <laughs> yes. if you're a good guy or a bad guy. It's the same exact thing. They're gonna, You're going to get cheered in your hometown unless you are an absolute scumbag and, like, don't even acknowledge that it's your hometown. Right. And don't get me wrong. I mean, MJF, there are signs, like, I mean, we've talked about his parents, like, and there are signs when he's in his hometown. But, like everybody loves him it it's their guy that's exactly it so that was just great at one point uh cm punk does challenge mjf to a match he says he'll do it later in the night but he doesn't think that mjf would do it it you know and he wouldn't because he he has a match he has the dynamite diamond ring uh battle royal right why would he do two matches so i'm not a big fan of how this match works. Me neither. I thought it was very weird. It's just a very anticlimactic finish to it. So mm-hmm. you have however many guys, like 20 or so, all in the ring at once. It's an over-the-top battle royal. We all know how that goes. And instead of there being a winner, 
it comes down to a final two who are the winners, and then they face each other the following week. So right. in this match, the final three end up being MJF, Ricky Starks, and Dante Martin. Dante mm-hmm. Martin and Ricky Starks are now together on Team Taz, so it's like, oh, this is easy. Let's just go eliminate MJF. And instead, Dante Martin eliminates Ricky Starks. Yeah. So Taz is pissed on commentary because one of his guys just eliminated one of other, his other guys, and MJF is just going to just bask in the cheers. Yeah, because now it's MJF and Dante Martin. Final two, they will get a match next week. Winter is coming, and then a championship match. Well, the winner will get a championship match. Yeah, the winner is the, the gets the Dynamite Diamond Ring, which MJF has won two times previously, going for the three P. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's an interesting choice to go with Dante Martin. Um, yeah, I don't really know what's going on with Dante Martin. I feel like they're trying to build that kid up. They they definitely are, but like he was teaming with Leo Rush. Well, he was teaming with his brother, and then he, his brother got hurt, and then he's teaming with Leo Rush, and then he ditches Leo Rush for Team Taz, but now he's turning on Team Taz. Like, I don't know if they know exactly what they want to do with Dante Martin. Right. Like, they might want to build him up as his own thing. They might not necessarily want him. They put him in, like, these teams, and then they go, you know, no, 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 that's not the right team for him. So, like, maybe they're going to make it so that he's by himself, and that's that's what it looks like they're getting to. Like, he can't be trusted. No, No team that he's stayed with has worked except i mean maybe his brother but he got yeah. injured you know like we also had the jurassic express and the varsity brothers the varsity blondes versus the acclaimed and 2.0 jurassic express and the varsity blondes get the win there we had the young bucks versus rocky romero and chuck taylor uh the young bucks get that win there uh but trent beretta is back big surprise he comes out sue is driving the van in and Trent Beretta, who now has that just made me no laugh hair so hard because I didn't know who Sue was. Yes, that was all new information to me. So I was like, "Who? What is happening here?" And you're like, "Sue's driving in Trent." Like I, I probably should have known. I had no idea, and I was like, "What is this?" And it's his mom driving him to work, basically. Yeah, another best friend makes his long-awaited return, and yeah, he's now bald. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> so like, way different. Apparently, I did know who this guy was, but not... Yeah, because he looks way different. He looks I'm way sorry. different. Uh, and then we also had Rio versus Jamie Hayter. But before this match started, we had Sammy Guevara coming out to get on commentary. And then Cody Rhodes comes out saying that he's coming after the TNT championship next. Yeah, he wants it back. Yeah. And speaking of back, Cody Rhodes' back looks like shit. Oh my god! Yes, he still looked like he had parts of that table just like they were forever part of his body now. That poor man, <laughs> like, just Jesus. burned his body alive last week, and like is still. I guess he. I guess he's gonna be active. Like I feel like he should take a few weeks off. You know. Yeah. Just to figure your whole back situation out. I mean, he like, had like one little band aid on the back of his arm, and I was laughing so hard because I'm like looking at it, I'm like, yo, half of this arm should be at least bandaged. Like, imagine off. taking that band aid off. No. Of, like your burn ass skin. It just... looked like the yeah, like the yeah. sticky part was attached to burned like raw skin. Uh, he should have yeah. been bandaged from basically neck to like hips, and instead he was not. Well, he need, yeah, he should probably take a couple more weeks off, but I did like that he played on the fact that Sammy was fi- like uh, had his back to the heel entrance, and then Cody came out the uh, the face entrance saying like I wouldn't come out of that entrance. We know what that entrance is, and then he goes back out through the face entrance, just trying to really 
lay into the fact that he's not turning. Right. Well, it he did been like way even funnier. lean. He started to walk towards the face or towards yes. the heel one, and then was like, "Nope," and made like a quick little. Beater. I would have loved if he would have come through the middle, like even like in yes. just like the middle of an interview, like you just get like that raise. The crowd would have booed the shit out of it. Uh, but I mean, it's an interesting. Like Cody can't challenge for the AEW championship because of whatever happened a couple years ago. I think him and Chris Jericho or whoever it was that he said that if he lost, he would never challenge for the title again. So, like, the only title he really can go after would be tag titles in the TNT Championship. Right. So, you know, he's been kind of playing around, not doing much, just doing random feuds in and out. So he, it looks like he's done with the Andrade and Alistair stuff. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? And, you know, move on to this feud with Sammy would be interesting, but I, I just, I don't care for Sammy as a face. I think he'd be much better as, like, a cocky dickhead heel. Yeah, I I could see that. Especially, like, his... I really his, like Sammy, though. I think that kid's got it. He's great. I think he, he's going to be something. But he is still announced as he calls himself the Spanish god. Right. Which is not something that a good person would do. Right. Like, a good guy's not going to be like, I'm the Spanish god. That's yes. something that a, he, a cocky heel character mm-hmm. would say. Like, if the announcer wants to be, like, the Spanish god, not... He calls himself. It's just, it's a weird, just a very small thing that I always catch. Uh, but I think we did have something with Alistair on this show. He's Malachi here. Malachi. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> He's whatever I, w- I want to call him. You know who I'm talking about. Malachi Black. The Barcy Blondes and uh, Julia Hart are out on the stage and the lights go out, lights come back up. Malachi Black's here and just sprays the mist in yes. Julia Hart's face. Right. And then disappears again. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really get any kind of explanation as to why that was or why that's happening. Uh, but I guess we can just leave that to be explained next week. Yeah, they do a really good job about explaining themselves or giving us another like clue or an inkling of what yes. is to come next. Whereas they're not going to be like the WWE and just forget that that ever happened and we're never going to see from or hear from Malachi again. But back to Rio and Jamie Hayter, because the the Sammy Guevara thing and Cody Rhodes thing happened while they were basically setting up for this match. And during this match, you know, Rebel interferes, Rio gets this win. And then Britt Baker attacks her after the match. As she should. Right. Because now it's lining up for Britt versus Rio. Which, oh my God, I couldn't care less about. It's a shame. It is such a waste of Britt Baker. I'm sorry to, like, Rio fans if this is mean. I'm sorry to Rio. But, like, she is not interesting to me at all. Uh, she's just so tiny. Like, she what doesn't... What does that matter? Like, like, she just doesn't seem like she's an actual threat to anyone. Like, Jamie Hayter looks like a, like she could beat your yeah. ass. Right? Like, I just... There's nothing about me that believes that Rio like could beat Jamie Hayter in a fight like if it's like if it's going to be sneak pinfalls fine but like it just to me Britt Baker working with her it just I don't like I don't I don't know I don't enjoy watching Rio's matches they just seem very like they don't have any impact to them like she hits the corner it's just like she's just <laughs> it's like she's just like a pillow hitting do you she's know, just so tiny do you know who does have impact in their matches Brian Danielson yes yo that That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, Brian Danielson's a small guy. Yes, he is. But I'll be damned if he doesn't make every single hit he throws 
look like it is landing and landing hard. Yes, and him versus John Silver, like, he wins this match. How many more guys does he have to go through to get to Hangman now? Well, that's it. That's it, right? Next one next is week, Hangman. Next week is Winter's coming. It will be Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. Brian Danielson did exactly what he said he was going to do. Yeah. He was going to go through each member of the Dark Order in their hometown, and he was going to kick their heads in, and he did exactly that. Yes. And Adam, Hangman Page is next. And CM Punk earlier in the night, or it might have been uh, the previous week, but he feels like he needs to be in line for that championship match. Mm-hmm. And MJF thinks that he needs to be in line for that championship match as well. So that, I do feel like, is... They're not advertising it as such, but it's it, that's your world championship title like eliminator match. Whichever one of those guys wins needs to be the next man up for whenever Hangman versus Brian Danielson ends. I don't necessarily think that's going to be Winter is Coming. They're, no, they're I definitely going to have like their the, match. Yeah, that's going to be their first match. Their first match. Yes, that is going to be their first match in what I would assume would be a series. I'm interested as to who you think will win that match. Between Hangman and Brian? Yes. I would want Brian Danielson to win. I think we talked about that last week. Was like, it, if we had to choose, we would definitely go with with Brian Danielson. Yeah, I think it's time. I mean, I get the Hangman hype, and I I understand, but his title reign doesn't need to be big to, or long to be impactful. Exactly, and it's fine. It, he got the win that he needed to get. He is the champion, and now it's time for somebody else to be the champion. And why not give it to a champion? And I think it is the move to make. I understand why many would disagree mm-hmm. because I mean it would be the shortest reign so far for the an AEW World Champion. That would be the shortest reign anyone ever had. They do not hot shot this title. This is not a title that goes, you know, back and forth between two people. It is not a title that goes to different people like every couple months. These are long reigns that happen. Mm-hmm. If Hangman were to lose, shortest reign ever, but he had the best story that this company's had. Right, and he could always eventually get it back or something it does but not it doesn't hurt hangman exactly at all to lose this match especially to brian danielson right that's what i'm saying like give this championship to a champion even though daniel bryanson has not that's not right <laughs> brian danielson brian <laughs> brian danielson has not been a champion here that nope. he is a champion. That is a champion name. That is a name that is going to get viewers in. Put that title on that man, and he's not going to let you down. Yes, face title reigns are typically shorter than heels because right. it is much more interesting for the face to chase the championship and the heel to just keep those uh, face challengers at bay for as long as possible through nefarious means, right? The good thing about Daniel Bryan is, or Bryan Danielson, he doesn't have to cheat to win. You believe that he is the best professional wrestler in the world. Yes. So if Hangman loses, it can be clean. Right. But it will have to be long. Mm -hmm. It will have to be at least as long as the Kenny Omega match. And then don't forget that Bryan Danielson did tie or go to a 30-minute draw with Kenny Omega, a guy that Hangman Adam Page just beat in less than 30 minutes a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Different matchups, different styles, but I think that if you do go the route of Hangman losing, it's got to be a long match. And I would not mind Brian Danielson cheating, just because it gives a little bit more of like that 
um, that desire for the rematch. Right. But I do. I I would put it on Brian Danielson. I would too. Especially on free TV too. To yeah, get like a the, title change. It like would it, be it, wild. It would be a very interesting move. I don't know if they do it just because they are still operating through like pay-per-view income. Like right. for, like the Raw and, and SmackDown, like their championships can change on TV anyway because there's no pay-per-views anymore. Everything's just on the network. So you're right. not trying to get or pay-per-view. Peacock. Yeah, pay-per-view Ugh. buys as much. Yeah, Peacock is the worst streaming service <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and I'll tell everyone that will listen to that. Bring us, give us back the WWE Network, I want, please. I want anti-sponsorship from NBC Peacock. Like, I want to be, I want to just hate on them every time we get the chance. <laughs> um, but, like, that's what I'm saying. AEW still operates their pay-per-views through, like, pay-per-view buys. So if you want to get, like, a title change on a show that made, that you made people pay for, I understand that. Right. But more eyes are always going to be on that, that Dynamite show. And why wouldn't you do it? I don't know. You know? I think it's the the reason you wouldn't do it is because it would be a very short title reign for Hangman Page. And maybe in some eyes it would devalue him. I, do, I would disagree. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it would. Because I don't, as much as like wins and losses, like you don't want to do too much 50-50 and AEW does keep track of their win-loss records. Mm-hmm. Losses and wins don't matter nearly as much in wrestling as like any other thing. Because we know we know what's up. Right. Right? And, like, as long as you're not losing consistently and it's not, like, a back-and-forth thing, you can look amazing in a loss. And no one's going to make you look better in a loss than Brian Danielson. Exactly. So we'll see where that goes next week. We have him versus Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page at Winter is Coming. It's exciting. Up next, we have Rampage. So we open up with the Lucha Bros versus FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championship. And the Lucha Bros win. Yeah, they should. Because we have FTR as your AAA ah, as Justin Roberts loves to say, (laughs) uh, tag team champions. And they beat the Lucha Brothers at the last AAA show for those titles. And I love that, like, FTR has, like, FTR can only beat the Lucha Brothers on the Mexico shows, and the Lucha Brothers always beat FTR on the American shows. Yeah, this is hilarious. It's it's very and this was funny. a good match. Like too. That's, this is what I'm saying. Like fifty fifty booking is fine in some yes. situations. The Lucha Brothers and FTR are beating each other back and forth on different shows for different titles, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Yes, we still want to watch them consistently. Yeah, great match. It was a lot of fun. We also had Ruby Soho and Ty Conti and Anna J. Yes, versus Nyla Rose, the Bunny, and Penelope Ford. Our favorite wrestler, the Bunny. Mm. We've talked about this. Yeah, we're big fans. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Nyla Rose, the Bunny, and Penelope Ford do get this win because the Bunny hits Anna Jay with the brass knuckles. Nyla Rose gives her a beast bomb, gets the win here. Yeah. So they cheat, get the win. You love cheaters, apparently. Um, Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah, that's not good. Anyway, we also had Hook versus Fuego Del Sol, and Hook is all elite. This was his first match, right? We got the baby boy, the prodigal son, Taz's son is here he's been here for a while but this is his first match in AEW, and he looks great yeah he does he's got a great look he's got a great entrance he's got i mean he's got his his father's moves he's Mm -hmm. using the taz mission they're calling it red rum which i love for numerous reasons 
other than just like, oh, it's you know, it's murder backwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it just because like Taz was built from Red Hook, New York. Right. Like a little bit of like a nod to that, but like the Red Rum, cool name for your finish. I think Hook can be very interesting. He looks like a character in like a high school drama, like Disney show to me. The hair is unbelievable. Yeah. He's got great hair. And like the way he like the way it moves when he runs and yeah, like he gets it back hair. to exactly the way it was. Like I don't know what products he's using, but keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Hook Hook can be something. And like Taz just the proud dad at the yes. house table is just like a nice little like I mean, heartwarming. You wanna like you wanna yes. hate Taz. But, like, come on. Yeah, he was precious. He was very proud of his yeah. son. And the fact that Hook wins this match, his debut match, he wins using his dad's move. Yes. So, like, of course he's a proud pop over there, you know? And, like, the kid, I get, he has, like, a look to him that I really think is interesting. He already has such a weird following on the internet. Yes. Um, Hook is, like, crazy beloved on the internet for a guy that just now had his first match. So... I don't know what the future holds for him, but, like, it's another very young guy that Tony Khan has on his roster and is just showing that bright future for AEW. And I'll tell you this much, he already looks ten times better than Dominic Mysterio. That, oh my god, that is something that I was thinking the whole time, where I was like, all right, here is this guy's son and he's brand new here and he did so well uh-huh. and the crowd was behind him yep. and then you look at the other end and on wwe and you have dominic mysterio who's this guy's son dominic and mysterio the crowd just not behind like that has that happy to be here yes kind of mentality as i've said it before i think domino mysterio probably had i think i just called him domino dominic mysterio probably had the coolest life growing up yeah like thinking about his life and he was his dad is a literal legend yes exactly like he probably had a very cool life growing up and he is living his dreams right now and i can't hate on that by any means i just think no it's not his fault no no none of what's happening Mm -mm. is his fault by any means uh, but yeah, like Dominic has that like happy to be here with mm-hmm. his dad teaming up. Hook came out looking like a badass. Like you're mad that I'm here, right? Not like I'm happy to be here. Like I'm here because I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. And y'all, and are about I'm to, gonna go yeah, show you. Y'all are about to see some shit. Yeah, and we did. And he did beats great. Beats Fuego's ass. And yeah, I, I'm a big, big fan after after just one. Right. It took one match. Big fan. Another person we're a big fan of. Adam Cole, baby. He comes out versus Wheeler Yuta and Adam Cole. Long match. Adam Cole gets this win after a very long match. And really the only thing I have to say about it is the WWE is stupid for letting him go. I know. Like we were looking like, at. he's just too good. The first ever War Games match. Mm-hmm. So bring this back to the beginning of the podcast. Talking about War Games. The first ever War Games match in NXT was four years ago. Mm-hmm. It was Sanity, which was Eric Young, Killian Dane, and Alexander Wolf all gone from the all movie. of them. Okay, versus the undisputed mm-hmm. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, all three gone from WWE. Yes, versus as of this last war games, as all of this past gone. war games, and then versus the Authors of Pain gone from WWE, and Roderick Strong, who is your current NXT Cruiserweight Champion. 
and who is like taking the weight restrictions off the title now that like, was announced like on NXT. How is Roderick Strong the only one left? If you would have told me in 2017 that four years from now, the last person in NXT left is going to be Roderick Strong, I'd be like, okay, I kind of believe that. Right, because I never really saw him being on the main roster. I'd be like, oh, but like everybody else got called up to Raw and SmackDown, right? Like Adam Cole is the star of Friday Night SmackDown, right? Mm-mm. Nope, they're no. all just gone. They're gone. And Roderick Strong's in NXT. I mean, he's doing very well for himself. And listen, Kyle O'Reilly, like we said, better pop up next to Adam Cole next I week. I need it. Like, I need it so I bad. I don't even want him to take any time off. Like, I don't care that he, like, the holidays are coming up or whatever. Nope. Like, wait till after the new year. Give him some time off. No. no. Nope. His That's contract expired. That's my Christmas present from Adam From Cole. wrestling. <laughs> Give me the Undisputed Era back and just, like, just leave the Young Bucks. Leave the Young, young Bucks behind and just bring Kyle in. I love that they're keeping Bobby Fish there by his side for the time being. Yes. I, I refuse to believe they're doing that. And have no intention of bringing exactly. Kyle in. I just, there's no way I would believe that. But yeah, the end of this match against Best Friends, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks beat up all of the Best Friends. And that's how we ended Rampage. And next week, I expect there to be another member of this crew. I know, it would be so, so good. But we're going to have to wait until winter is coming, which is also a great name. I wish that it wasn't a random, like... Here's the thing, it's been winter, it's... <laughs> it's the middle of December. Well, technically, winter doesn't start also, until like, the end of December, but they... It makes it, me think about Game of Thrones and just annoys Why me. isn't it a pay-per-view? Like, it is NXT, like, or not NXT, AEW is naming just a random TV show. Yeah, they've done that before. Yes. But, you know, we'll be ne- back next week to tell you what happens on Winter is Coming. And we're one step closer to day one. So we'll have a little bit more to talk about than the actual, the, the lineups that'll be on that. We'll go over all of that next week. So make sure to follow us everywhere at HeBookSheBook. And remember to like and subscribe, review, listen everywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, guys.